Hello, everybody. Welcome back to your daily crypto news. As always, leaving a like, leaving a comment, or subscribing. These are all very good ways and free ways to support the channel. Welcome back to another News I Missed, where I go over news I missed. And yeah, let's jump right into it. A Silicon Valley-based investment firm is pouring tens of millions of dollars into crypto projects. The name to lower the cost of staking on top of Ethereum, Chris Dixon, a top executive at venture capital titan, Andresine Horowitz, took to Twitter to tell 812,000 of his subscribers, wow, that the industry leader has invested a staggering $70 million into something called Lido DAO, that is L-I-D-O-D-A-O, a decentralized autonomous organization centered around staking Ethereum. They said excited to share that Andresine Horowitz has invested $70 million in Lido Finance, one of the easiest ways to stake Ether and other proof-of-stake assets. In a new company briefing, the firm explained that they chose to invest in Lido because it helps reduce the strenuous financial hurdles retail investors face when staking Ether, such as the 32-token minimum to run a node a burden centralized exchanges do not have an issue with. It says Ethereum has significant barriers today. Perhaps most notably, there is a 32 ETH minimum required to operate a node. This alone prevents a significant number of network users from running their own validator. And there is no narrative or native, there we go, there we go, <laughs> native method for delegating one stake to circumvent these minimum capital requirements. This is not the first time that we've heard about Andresine Horowitz being in the cryptocurrency space. They were actually, uh, what's the word? It's not scrutinized, uh, whatever the word is. People were pointing a finger at them because they have openly come out in support of just mainly Ethereum. I think they also have a stake in Bitcoin as well. Uh, but normally when we hear about Andresine Horowitz, it's usually in the context of working with Ethereum in some sort of way. One of my many theories, and it seems completely believable, is that a lot of these companies, I believe, missed out on getting into Bitcoin when it was around $1, $5, 10 $15, $18. So when Ethereum launched, and it was, I think, $0.50 cents when it first came out and was around anywhere from 3 to $8 for like a year and a half, I think that's when a lot of them began to scoop up a huge amount of Ethereum. And this is why we see the uh, two sides of, of, of the camp. One of them really saying that Bitcoin's amazing and the other one being like, well, no, actually Ethereum's the more amazing one. So even the, the number, it says staggering 70 million. We've heard before of one company putting half a billion dollars into cryptocurrency at one time. So it's not like it's a, a little bit of money because $70 million is an extravagant amount of money. But you understand what I'm saying. So cool. Um, I think everyone is obviously gearing up for the eventual, maybe, June launch of Ethereum 2.0. And as I understand it, everyone who's been staking for a very long time will get the backing, like the backed stake rewards. So if you've been staking for a year and then the merge happens, you will get a year's worth of um, staking rewards when the network actually updates. So... More and more Ethereum news all the time. There's tons of Ethereum companies and all those other... Anyway, the point is Andresine Horowitz is throwing more money at Ethereum than they previously were before. The things that really always get me, and I think that people kind of overlook in situations like this is... If they're throwing $70 million at a decentralized autonomous organization, 
how much ether are they holding themselves? We can only assume that they have more than $70 million worth of ether. I would even assume maybe a billion at this point. It's like, uh, once again, I think the fourth time mentioning it the last couple of months. Uh, when the mayor of Miami was talking about that he was trying to make Miami a cryptocurrency hub, and I think they got a, a donation or a, a lend nation uh, from some people in Dubai who gave them 100,000 Bitcoin, and I was like, if I had exactly 100,000 Bitcoin, which I don't, I, 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 I would not be here. If I had 100,000 Bitcoin, I don't think I would lend the entirety of it to anyone else. So that's safe to assume that these people probably have a huge amount of Bitcoin and they're lending just a little small fraction of it to, you understand what I'm saying. Anyway, that's the Andresine Horowitz is definitely in love with Ethereum news. And yeah, let's move on. Also in the news, Bitcoin nodes have shown massive growth in the past few months by way of the Lightning Network. A layer two solution for Bitcoin scalability. Since February of this year, no, of last year. Wow, okay. The Bitcoin Lightning Network has seen a node growth of 105% from 7,702 to over 15,000 nodes. As a result, Bitcoin's transaction capacity has increased from 1,125 BTC to almost 3,000 Bitcoin. In fact, it is up by 160% compared to September of last year. Additionally, there was a 92% increase in the number of payment channels with a total of more than 73,000 from the initial 38,000. For those of you who don't know how the Lightning Network works, because I know it may be a bit confusing to say, well, the capacity has increased from 1,100 Bitcoin to 3,000 Bitcoin. It's basically that anyone, as far as I understand, can open up a payment channel on the Lightning Network. The idea being is that you yourself have to take some of your Bitcoin and lock it into the network the same exact way that you would for staking with Ethereum or Cardano or any other network. You basically stake your Bitcoin, air quotes, if you will, into the network. And the amount that you put into the Lightning Network is how big the channel is. For instance, if you have, let's say, 0.10 Bitcoin, a tenth of a Bitcoin, and you put it into the Lightning Network, you open up a channel, one channel with it, You then are allowing anyone who's sending transactions on the Lightning Network that they can pass through your channel freely of any transaction that is 0.10 worth Bitcoin or lower. That's kind of the idea. So imagine if you had a channel, you know, in the real world through a bank, which will never happen, but your channel is $100 worth. Anytime that someone is sending a transaction of $100 or less, it can go through your channel and you get paid in Satoshis or cents in that matter uh, for the transaction going through it. Another idea is that as Bitcoin's price continues to increase, if you have 0.10 Bitcoin and you decide to say, hey, I actually want to open up more channels, you can split that Bitcoin into 10 different channels of 0.01 Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin is at, you know, randomly a million dollars, any transaction that is worth less than 0.01 Bitcoin can freely pass through your channel. And the, the, uh, the great part for you is that you get a transaction fee in the form of Satoshis every single time that that transaction goes through. Hope I explained it as, I mean, it's not super complicated, but the first time you hear about it, or even if you read a lot of these things, you're like, okay, this is why the idea that there were 73,000 payment channels from the initial 38,000, because people have fractionalized their Bitcoin onto the network to continuously open up more channels. 
Since around 2019, I just assumed that this was going to be uh, a thing because we've received the narrative for so long that Bitcoin is going to be used as a payment option. Bitcoin is going to be used as so-and-so. All these companies, all these banks, everyone is adopting Bitcoin as a form of a payment method in some sort of way. Or you can send Bitcoin, you can pay your taxes in Bitcoin, you can blah, 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 blah with Bitcoin. But no one is going to be paying a normal Bitcoin transaction fee. It's just not going to happen. So the Lightning Network has to happen if Bitcoin is going to actually succeed as a currency. And I assume the, you know, the doubling up of actual channels for people will only continue as time goes on because uh, if we are to use it and if companies want people to actually pay in Bitcoin, you need a one Satoshi fee and not a $7.55 fee. So kind of cool. We're going to see this expanding more and more. I think realistically, Bitcoin still has another five or six years before it's actually heavily used every single day as a uh, payment method because... Once again, everybody's kind of holding on to their Bitcoin because if Bitcoin does go to a million, you don't want to be that person who sold at $38,000. That would not be nice. That's the Lightning Network news. And yeah, let's move on. Also in the news, it says, according to data provider Santiment, large Ethereum addresses are still... Accumulating funds on the market despite the suppressed performance of the cryptocurrency. So many articles over the years. I don't know why it's seen as like this miraculous or weird thing that whales or anyone would be buying anything just because the price is lower. It's kind of like, remember when the 2008-2009 market crash happened and home prices, I mean, completely collapsed? There were so many homes, I mean, they had fallen down to like 50,000 in like good neighborhoods. They were like really nice houses. And people were like, oh no, that house is way too cheap because the idea of it being so low in price for a home makes it seem like it's dirty or people simply don't want it. Those homes values are now like six hundred, seven hundred thousand $700,000 and everybody wants them now. So why, why doesn't it make more sense to simply, you would of course accumulate more when prices are down. For those of you, um, even there's the, 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 the NFT app that I was telling you about before. Industry secret. Have you noticed that all the um, items on the website continue to, like, like the amount available continue to drop even as prices are dropping? It's because whales and also me and my friends, as prices drop, we continue buying because they're, they're, they're bargains. So, of course, whales are, are buying everything right now. It says, as the data suggests, the percentage of whale tier addresses on the network still remains the same, despite the questionable performance of Ethereum on the market. While the supply on large wallets slightly retracted from its all-time high, it still remains close to the highest point. Here's a chart for it right here. Why is this uh, confusing or surprising to a lot of people? This was also, I mean, we've had news like this for the last couple of weeks. As prices have been stagnating, fallflating, whatever word you kind of want to throw inside there, uh, people have been like, why are whales still buying? Why were whales buying when Ethereum was $8? Why were whales buying when Ethereum fell? Remember, remember like a year and a half ago when, when, when Bitcoin fell back down to 3000 and everyone was like, well, no more Bitcoin for me. The Bitcoin's price is way too low. And then it shot up to 55000 Everybody was like, oh my gosh, I wish I had some 
Bitcoin, not financial advice, by the way. It's just me simply, of course, this is how you make more money. You buy when everyone else isn't buying. When the masses are buying, it usually shows some type of like hyperinflated hype and therefore you stay away from it. And then prices end up going back down. It's a market cycle. You wait till, okay, here we go. You wait till the normal people are no longer buying. Prices have fallen back down. They've lost faith in this brand new thing that they've entered. You buy up everything once again. You control the entire supply and you make sure, here we go, that they can't actually have any of them as we keep seeing with Bitcoin and Ethereum. And that's just how it goes. So anyway, um, yeah. I mean, it's really weird. Rich people are still buying all the cryptocurrencies. It's like, are they expecting the prices to go back up and become billionaires or something like that? That'd be really weird. That's not going to happen. Anyway, that's the Ethereum accumulation news. Because money. Hello. All right. And there's a gigantic whale flying in the sky that looks like the end of a tree and a paper plane. He also has a very shiny nose. I don't know who made that, but I love it. All righty. Let's move on. Also in the news, first it was celebrities like Megan the Stallion and Aaron Rodgers offering you free Bitcoin through Block's Cash app. Now the promos are a little less interesting. That's because we're in the fast food phase of the hype cycle. Burger chain Shake Shack has announced that for every purchase made with a cash app debit card throughout March, it will refund customers 15% of the equivalent total in Bitcoin. The promotion, they say, isn't a response to patrons clamoring for crypto with cheese. (laughs) According to the CMO Jay Livingston, he told the Wall Street Journal, that it's an easy way to see whether cryptocurrency has any traction with the chain's customers. We're always trying to place your bets on those things that truly will be meaningful and not waste resources on the ones that won't. Okay. It says it's not an entirely new idea for restaurants to venture into. In November, Robin Hood and Burger King teamed up to give customers one, <laughs> one Dogecoin every time. <laughs> One Dogecoin every time they spend $5. Can you imagine? <laughs> the person's like, that, that'll be $4.97. And you're like, where's my, where's my one Dogecoin? One Dogecoin? I mean, come on. While McDonald's has been making NFT Big Macs that are tastier than the real thing. Okay, we're done here. The point is, um, I assume this is Burger Shack Burger Shack, Shake Shack, because I saw the word burgers, testing the waters to see if people are going to go there and start asking, hey, will I get some Bitcoin back? I assume the employees have to write something down. Everyone's asking. I'm not really sure exactly how it's going to work. But um, once again, you can make these payment methods as many times as you want. Not that the cash back is a payment method, but I assume they're testing the waters to see if people would use it. No one's using it. I mean, okay, stop it. You'll have around 3% of people who are into Bitcoin, definitely. There are people right now who definitely use Bitcoin as a way to live. There's that one podcaster who also does it. I, I, I myself, because he's mentioned before, I mean, he's spent tens of Bitcoin, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you think of the actual Bitcoin price on things for life and, and, and flights and hotel rooms, and I'm like, I would never. I would rather use the inflating US dollar. Anyway, 
That's the Shake Shack Bitcoin promotion news. Uh, not affiliated, by the way. Uh, if any of you are going to Shake Shack, ask them, hey, you guys got some Bitcoin because you don't want to buy some fries and shakes for nothing. All righty. <laughs> Let's move on. One Dogecoin. <laughs> you might as well give me a rock with my purchase. Like, <laughs> Also in the news earlier this week, the Virginia Senate overwhelmingly approved a landmark cryptocurrency banking bill which had previously cleared the state's House of Delegates. Legislators anticipate that Republican Governor, why mention that, just say Governor, Glenn Youngkin will sign the bill within seven days when it comes to his desk. In general, HB 268 permits banks in the Commonwealth to provide virtual currency custody services as long as the bank has adequate protocols in place to effectively manage the associated risks. Hmm. Doesn't that seem quite interesting? That we heard earlier over the course of the beginning of this year, I think that, what was it? 50 U.S. banks? No, 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 no. It was 300. What, what am I talking about? It was 300 banks at the beginning of this year who announced that they would be getting into the cryptocurrency space. We've seen an uptick in the amount of banks who have actually been accumulating and also buying up stock and or companies that deal with um not crypto regulations, but like crypto uh, transactions and where they go and like kind of like sentiment and glass node. Uh-huh. How interesting. The bill's proponent, Delegate Chris Head, okay, which is also a contender for the state Senate, said that reading about how Texas was addressing regulation and who was permitted to hold the keys to one's cryptocurrency purse inspired him to introduce the legislation according to a Fox News Digital report. He said, by codifying the ability for state-chartered banks to become custodians of cryptocurrencies, this will make Virginia the first in the country to provide this ability to banks through legislation. How fascinating. Now, hear me out on this one. I don't know anyone in that room. I assume this is the room that they sit in, but I would bet my bottom dollar if this was a unanimous decision, I'm going to say at least 20 to 30% of people in this room probably either own cryptocurrencies, have a stake in cryptocurrencies, or they own or have a stake in cryptocurrency projects and or companies. There's no way especially with all the the hubbub that we keep getting about certain people in the outside of the cryptocurrency market uh, wanting regulations and all this other stuff that they would simply unanimously pass this. Just saying money makes money. You understand what I'm getting at. But this is now the fourth or fifth state. It was Utah, Kentucky. I'm just naming places. Um, Washington State, Arizona. I don't remember. This is one, four or five places now that have announced that they're either going to be creating cryptocurrency legislation. One of them was talking about making it uh, um, legal tender, which is never going to happen because it's still the U.S. dollar. But the other states were also talking about allowing people to pay taxes with them and allowing their banks to also do the exact same thing when it comes to cryptocurrency and custody services. So by the end of this year, it's still March. I'm going to assume we are going to see a rapid uptick in the amount of banks, even more than that 300, announcing that they're getting into the cryptocurrency space. And um, you you know how, how this is going to go. Everyone is into crypto, even those who pretend that they're not. Think of what it takes for a unanimous decision. Anywhere. I don't care if it's the, the Senate, the Parliament, the Congress, 
the anywhere. Me and my friends can't unanimously come to a decision when we want to go have dinner somewhere. Anyway, I think that I, I, I still think, of course, the, the future is very bright for the cryptocurrency space. But a lot of times I sit there and wonder, like, how many of these people are in the space, but just not saying a word. But I mean, unanimously kind of uh, speaks for itself. So this was, of course, very popular news, as one would expect. Yeah. Let's move on. Righty. I do hope that you've all enjoyed. I do hope that you all are having a great day. <laughs> so lonely. A great day, a great morning. Oh, two people. A great afternoon, a great evening, wherever you are, wherever you might be. I do hope that it is absolutely fantastic. Thank you all once again for watching listening and or supporting and I will most certainly be talking to you all soon see you <laughs>